Welcome to Bucket Stop Blog, where I ask everyone the same question and record the conversation. The question is, let's talk about your perfect day, however you interpret the word perfect. Write down everything you want to do, then take a step back and split your perfect 24 hours into four buckets or priorities. Don't think about money, reality, or logic. Make it as perfect as you want. Don't think of it as your last 24 hours either. Think of it as the same 24 hours you'd live again and again to experience a full life of happiness and fulfillment. Today's episode is with my best friend Antonius. You know, as human beings, we all have the need to belong, right? We want to feel accepted by a family, a tribe, or a community. Otherwise, we would be content with living a, a lonely life. Antonius. Antonius is the man who pulled me into his tribe the first day I met him. First, it was his inner circle of friends, whom we are all still close to to this day. Then, it was his family. He invited me in his house with no questions asked. Once I was surrounded by his loved ones, I was quickly influenced by his strong foundation and the values of love for his family and friends and the spirituality he has in his life. Fifteen years later, I am still learning from him. His consistency of those values is evident, and I appreciate it greatly. Regardless of where we are in our lives, he always brings us back to homeostasis with the focus on God, the family, and us, his friends. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, and listen, listen in. Thanks a lot. So I, I, I will approach it the same with you, as you in terms of buckets first, and then maybe delve more detail after. I definitely recognize in myself, I, I need so a work bucket or an, an activity in which I am putting in effort with a result expected. So to me, I that's work where I, I go in, I have objectives for that day, and I try to achieve those objectives. And I notice, the reason I say there's a bucket needed, I notice when I have a day that's where I don't necessarily have said that for myself, I feel a bit disoriented almost. So work is one bucket, and I, maybe I'll go after again to determine what the details of it was, but I'll say work is one bucket. Um, I enjoy, and I see that it helps me as well, like a, I'll say a, a downtime bucket, and I'll, and like a downtime, not necessarily wasteful downtime but for example like today i i went for for a two and a half hour walk slash hike and it's kind of like time with my thoughts i i I look i'm reflecting i'm enjoying the outdoors but i'm also like thinking about like it's generally reflection so it helps me understand what i'm feeling why i'm feeling what i'm feeling i go through like so full disclosure, I think I was coming out of a rut, and today maybe it was the, the the ending of that rut, and I was just thinking to myself, well, what triggered it, and why, and like why did it get prolonged to this amount of time, and why am I getting over it now? So it helps me understand myself better, and it's generally a walk that I do that often, and that's kind of my so I'll call that a self reflection slash downtime bucket, and it's generally something I do. I'll do either with like close few friends or alone. I'm not necessarily a big social gathering. Um, all right, let me think. So I got work bucket. I got alone time. More I'll call that bucket. Um, let's say with that same alone time, that I'll keep it the same bucket will be time with God. In a perfect day, I would have spent some time in prayer, some time in reading. But it's all kind of similar objective of reflection. So I'll call that self-analysis, time with God bucket, all the same. Exercise, not necessarily bigger, a big bucket as, you, as it is for you, but I do want to, a bucket of exercise daily. Um, let me think about that. So I got you at four buckets. So you're counting that one as four? The one, I'm not sure if... I could be two, it could be one. The self-analysis and time with God, they're all kind of lead to the, honestly, self-reflection. And so I'm not sure. We can treat it as two buckets. We can treat it as one bucket. But it's it's alone time slash time with God. Yeah, so, well, that could lead to, I mean, not to interrupt your thought process and yeah, finding buckets, but that could lead to 
you spent two two and a half hours on two and a half hours on hiking to focus on yourself. That's self reflection. Yeah. Um, if and you not do, necessarily two and a half hours is the minimum. Yeah. So time so today. x amount of time to focus on self reflection. So if you're if you're reflecting on yourself and you're thinking about things that affect you, you're not necessarily thinking about God Himself or what you could be doing for God, right? So I, that's why I think they're different because you're you're trying to satisfy two different people, yourself or Him. I'm with you that I'm maybe not thinking as much about others, but it definitely in that quiet time as I was trying to understand myself, like it was prayer time but it was still you're right it was more self-focused rather than external but it was prayer understanding myself understanding what god is trying to tell me like i read a little bit so it was god but maybe we can keep it as more personally focused that's fair saying yeah um so i'm trying like i mean there are many things i can list but i'm also trying to be both realistic and honest as to what, like there are, if you tell me what you want to do, there are many things I want to do. But if I were to pick a realistic day, I don't think I can do all those things in one day. So yeah, I'm intentionally- that's, that's the point is you're essentially, you're identifying the four most important things to you. There's a lot of things that are, are that are, that are important or things that you could be doing, yeah. but are they important? So you're, you're highlighting, you're shedding light on, the four most important and everything okay, after that, cool. everything after that is going to go to the wayside because these come to the forefront. Okay. So narrowing it down to four. Okay. So I'm going to say family slash friends, time with family and friends. And I'll call that whether it's helping them, whether it's time together, like our dinner nights or time with my parents, or if it's some kind of service to friends, like, I don't know, I mean, not necessarily service is a strong word, but maybe driving somebody, driving family member. So, but it's focused on family and friends. Um, close family and close friends, I'll say that, not just any friends. Okay, so, so that puts you at five buckets. You cool with that? Sure, five. What's So that was personal time with the walking and then time with God for, and then work and then family, friends. And then exercise. What's that? Exercise. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's uh, That's down on the fifth. That's number five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So here's the premise on why I chose four. Because there's an analogy in in a book called Extreme Ownership. And the analogy is if if a human being tried to juggle balls, foam balls, he would try to juggle. He would be really adventurous. And he'd try to juggle three maybe four, maybe five, maybe six, right? But as soon as you change those foam balls to glass balls, now they're balls that can break. You you start with how many? One. One, maybe two. two. And if you're adventurous, maybe three. So I try to think of buckets of time that are super, super important because if if you try to juggle them and you you fail and you break one, then that ball is going to break. So I don't see you juggling five balls unless you're super, you know, <laughs> unless you're a clown, you can juggle five or six. Is there one that, is there one of these buckets that could just go? Well, um, so the, I guess in my head, like part of my intent with the hiking was to kill two birds with one stone of exercise. So I, exercise is important to me. And I actually like, I've noticed in myself, I can be irritable if I haven't exercised, but to me, it's, I feel it maybe differently as you or to me, like an extended hike, I'll call it exercise or 30 minute run or 45 minute run exercise. So, so I can let go of that bucket with the understanding that I can combine it with another activity. Yeah. As I, yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds like instead of saying the exercise bucket or the me time bucket, it is the self awareness, self-improvement bucket what you're consolidating into two because you're not necessarily just focusing on the physical aspect Uh, otherwise you would just be hiking and you could just be hiking with a big smile on your face the whole time but the objective of hiking for so long or running for so long is that you are trying to find more of yourself 
and why you are doing the things you are doing. So as you are self-improving your physical aspect, you're also self-improving your mental and your beings more self-aware. So that's one bucket. Can yeah, you, that's can, fair. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. I mean, my bucket is the hard work, the physical challenges, physical and mental challenges. So if I sit here and read a book for an entire day, that's mentally challenging. It's not necessarily exercise, but it still scratches my itch. And I'm yeah. st- I know that I'm going to get better for the next day. So it's okay. I think, you're, I think you're good at four. Okay. So let's dig into the first bucket. Okay. You go on a hike. Um, you go on a hike and you're searching for something. You said you were in a rut. You're, you're searching for the why of the rut. I self-reflect. And so, yeah, necessarily, like, I'm trying to understand, like you say, the why. The why of the rut. The why of why I may feel a certain way. That, and it's not always I'm in a rut, but, like, trying to understand my emotions that day and what's causing these emotions. That's kind of, I mean, what's... I approach it and evaluate maybe how I think my relationship like as a christian how am i doing and like try to reflect on that as well what is the rut describe that to me so it varies but like the recent one was i think it's okay so i'm i mean i'm still self-learning but it's kind of it's a the, the the climax of the rut i feel is when i've gotten or have gotten lesser willpower or lesser motivation in terms of spirituality, in terms of health, in terms of work. Like motivate, I, like I think the climax of that rut is when I see decreased motivation, decreased trust in myself that I will be able to accomplish in these three areas. That's how I like. That's 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 the bottom part of that. I need like that's the worst it gets. How I get there. I'm noticing, I still don't know fully, but there can be different triggers. One big trigger for me can be spirituality. So if I feel like I'm I'm falling into the sins that I don't want to fall into and it's it's or it's a habit that like things that I've I've strayed away from and then I start falling into again, like it makes me, you know, disappointed in myself and I maybe I try for a little bit, then I fail again. Like basically I start losing confidence in being able to overcome. And of course, with with Christianity, I mean, there's the concept like it's not my willpower that will make me overcome. It's grace. And even if I keep falling, like I need to trust in God and his grace. So like that, the struggling with seeing my falling, but also trying to rest in grace. But at the same time, grace doesn't mean you don't try. So like that whole that whole con all these concepts together. But basically, the essence of it is when I am failing that makes me that shakes me a bit in terms of my confidence in in other things that's one one way that it can trigger that another is a bad day at work or or what i mean by that can be if i feel like i've contributed or i've put in a lot of effort in something and it doesn't get recognized or even it gets criticized or if i have a meeting and i and i look back and maybe i let my emotions get into that meeting and I, I kind of wish I had ver- said things differently. So a bad day at work and that can be defined differently. Um, I think those are the two main triggers. One other one that I don't think is a, as prevalent but as possible is bad eating. Like if I, for example, again, it's always it's always starts with letting go of my discipline and I, I generally letting go of a discipline that I have set for myself or not being able to maintain it. Generally, that's the general theme for the triggers of my failings in any of these categories, which then get me in this rut because it makes it shakes me in terms of am I, you know, like I start doubting that I can meet those disciplines or those rules I've set for myself, and I can go through a, a, a like a period, like once I start failing, where like I'm not you know, I'm not trying as hard anymore until I snap out of it and I start having more, being more hopeful. And it's, it's always God it has to be involved in this for me to help me get that more hope. And then 
to like start fighting again and even if i fail like again it's 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 like a it's like a v i, I start falling down i hit a certain low point then i start coming back out of it and i i can go through those v's every now and then in my life yeah uh i agree with you i think that happens to 99.1% of people and I, it's, it it seems like it's it seems like to me it's it's pretty awesome that you're aware of of that happening but i guess my question to you is usually motivation and discipline are set in place or a reaction to the goal of reaching something right so i i i want to be in tip top shape so i have to have the discipline to work out every day or i want to um you know be a great employee so i will show up to to work every day you know 30 minutes before my shift kind of thing you your rut starts or it it feels like a rut because you have this lack of motivation right or this lack of discipline but is there a goal for each one of your facets where because you're not one step closer to those goals you've you have that lack of motivation like what are those goals that you're trying to reach or do you not know the goals and you just you feel guilt for the lack of motivation and lack of discipline for something you ha- have no idea what you're walking towards as is you're saying i i think i think the goals are there i don't know how clearly defined they are i mean i can i can go through them and think out loud um i think it's but i don't think it's it's partly like loss of motivation but it's like loss of motivation is the effect i think the trigger is maybe either a negative experience that makes me doubt that i am actually reaching or moving in towards that goal so something that tells me no you're even though you're putting an effort you're not that's one or two a temptation a temptation be it a like for a sin or food or whatever like uh, it's it's a uh, not necessarily lack of motivation but it's something that competes with the motivation and if i choose that over the discipline over or over the final goal because of a moment of weakness the lack of motivation to me is the the effect of one of those two incidents not necessarily the trigger of it so once i succumb to a temptation then motivation drops a bit because I start doubting myself in terms of am I going to reach it like if I'm not believing in myself that I'm going to reach a certain goal that my motivation to work towards that goal drops or if I put in a lot of effort and I don't get the result that I expected same thing if I it, it's the, the the heart of it is I start doubting whether I I am going to reach that goal with the effort that I'm putting in and that's what hurts the motivation not necessarily the trigger that's what comes out of it but you know what the goal is yeah but i i know what the goal is but i mean in my opinion it's well let's let's go through it so for for health my goal is consistency it's not necessarily and i know to to others that may not be like a very clear cut goal it's not necessarily like if my goal is to not be beyond a certain weight as well as consistency in my workout i work out during lunch i want to work out during lunch every single day at work so and like my workout routine i already know in my head so if i'm doing my routine monday to friday then i'm satisfied that i'm meeting my goal and i'm not exceeding a certain weight i'm satisfied i'm meeting my goal for work work is probably more vague in terms of like i don't have a specific i want to work to be you know a project manager in 10 years i don't have that goal like it's not I'm still figuring out what are all the options are for me at work but my my ideal for work is like I go I go to work I have certain goals I either achieve them all or I feel comfortable that I use my time wisely and effectively to work towards these things maybe I didn't finish them all but but at the end of the day I feel like hey like I I problem solved I learned something I like it I was I did the best that I could do and it wasn't like it wasn't just being stuck and not knowing what to do and i'm satisfied or you know like if i had things those are that's a normal average day but if i have like you know i again i reflect on scenarios where i came out of work really happy and i thought about it like i had a meeting where i felt like i i managed the meeting very well and i helped the team reach an actionable plan 
and like I felt like I was the major contributor that makes me feel good so like to me it's not specific role or things that I'm trying to reach but it is as the process is probably where I focus on more or what gives me satisfaction if I feel like I'm doing the process correctly so it's more of a short-term goal the long term I'm still figuring out with work because there's many options and I don't know yet so that's spirituality again I have like a we call it spiritual canon and we're like every morning I'm gonna pray I'm gonna do this long and I read one chapter like if I do those things daily like that day I feel comfortable I feel like I've met what I my goal for that day it's not necessarily that I'm so my goals are more day to day I guess maybe that's how the best way to put it in those things yeah um so as you're describing this whole thing I visualize I feel like I'm a visual person so I I kind of visualized everything that you're saying and, and and equate it to an analogy the analogy is you're on this hike and you're on a really long hike in in this case you don't know exactly where you're hiking to right so you're just kind of walking aimlessly on a path which is fine and most people are but then something happens and now you have to take you have to fall 10 feet backwards and i i i guess that would be the rut right you you're not moving forward as quickly as you want but you instead you're working backwards and then you have to keep walking forward and and you're 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 down you're on that downward slope for the v I'm sorry, the upward slope of the V, and then you hit another pothole or something, and it lands you 10 feet back. Is that, are you visualizing that too? Is that kind of, is that equal to what you're saying? I mean, I, I, again, and I'm biased because it's me, but I don't feel like it's aimless. I feel like it's, I don't think it must be, a, a, like I'm opening up, for example, work is a great example because there are people in, at work that are doing well but like in there are so many like roles that one can potentially work towards or get to that i it's not wise for me to define like sometimes it doesn't have to be that i define it explicitly now like to me i view it as the door is open i i think i like technical more but like in the earlier view you put you know what what road you want to get on and what positions you're potentially interested in so like i list more than i list multiple so one way to look at it is a lack of a specific goal and that's a fair argument another way to look at it is like it's it's a multi-lane road that's going to merge but all these lanes are still within that same road it just hasn't merged yet and eventually it's going to get like eventually you have to take an exit but just because you haven't pick the exit yet doesn't mean you're not moving forward on that lane that's for work yeah for yeah. exercise exercise is probably i mean work is is, is an oddball because it's just you know it's not fully in my control in terms of what promotions or what things i get for exercise like yeah i i i i can see the argument of like well like you know push yourself harder go f go further and i I do that, but with an extent, like, for example, you know, I'm, I, my goal, like my routine, I'm going to do a certain amount of weights or I'm going to do cardio and my cardio is a certain number of miles. And sometimes like I try to push myself to go faster, but like to me, I'm content like with completion. To me, it's not, I want to get a minute faster in three weeks. So like my goal is maybe to others seem not very well defined and that's a fair argument but to me when i try like my main goal in general in things is consistency so for exercise if i'm consistent with that and i'm not getting slower then i don't necessarily have a specific goal in terms of i need to be lift this much by this time maybe if i had that goal i would get more done but i like my generalist approach since it to me, I feel like I'm hitting more sh smaller goals and covering more than if I like, let's say I'm going to run only and like, you know, like neglect everything else. I don't know. To me, it fits within my schedule and my priority of exercise. Exercise is not my number one priority, but it fits within that and makes me satisfied and content with it. And then spirituality, again, spirituality to me, that's, I view it as 
it's really up to God on how much he pulls me in. Like my goals will be things that I can do, but like I won't say, you know, in a year I'm going to be at this spiritual level. I, I can't control that. But really my main goals are certain sins I, I want to not sin. So because of how I view it, I don't see it as heading nowhere. I still see it going up, but the final destination, fair. I don't know where the final destination leads me, but as long as I know I'm going in that in a direction of a good final destination, I don't think I have enough information today to explicitly define the final destination in each of those three aspects. Yeah, and this, this is where I was kind of going with that is, yes, you have... Well, you 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 um, corrected me. You you do have a sense of direction as to what direction you want to go. Um, but going back to the analogy of the of the hike, if you if you don't know the destination, but you know the direction, right? You don't essentially know if you are one mile away from the final destination or if you are one hundred and fifty miles away from the destination. So as you walk and you hit a pothole and you're thrown ten feet back, ten feet back is more significant in a one-mile path than it is in a 150-mile path, right? Yep. So when you hit these ruts, these downturns in life that everybody gets, you are reacting to that 10 feet de uh, detriment. But if you put it in the grand scheme of things and you know that your goal is 150 feet, I mean, I'm sorry, 150 miles away, you are less likely to be emotionally attached to that rut. And if you know that the goal is literally one foot away and you hit a 10-foot deficit, then that rut is going to emotionally, it's, gonna, it's almost going to emotionally scar you because you feel so close to the end, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting at is if you had a clearer definition of the goal, the destination, and you identify it as it's this far away, then you can better understand how you should be emotionally attached to the the downsides, the turns, the challenges. So when you're at work and you know that the ultimate destination, I'm using this example, the ultimate destination is to be some sort of project manager, which is in a career, a typical career path is maybe it's, maybe it's a year from now, whatever, right? And... You, your boss says something slight to you, and you take it personally. But you know that it's just a year away. You're probably going to react emotionally much more if, let's say, that promotion comes 10 years from now than this little um, remark from your boss may not mean as much because in the long haul, it's not as significant as if it were six months from now. Does that make sense? No, I agree. That does make absolute sense. I think my struggle with that is there is not, let's take work, there is not a clear path where if you do A, B, C, D, F, G in 10 years, you will be this role. There is no such thing at work. And spirituality is no such thing. The one where I can see that argument is fair, is physical exercise because that's completely my control. If I do A, B, C, and D, I can get to this by that. But but I don't see it for the other two aspects. Yeah, well, what, what what I hear as a kind of a repetitive statement from you is within the control, right? No one is saying that the next 150 miles is within your control or within someone else's control. What you're what you're what I'm saying is you can't control everything in between the 150 miles, but what you can control is the reaction, the perspective that you have on where you are right now. So if you tell yourself that that goal is 150 miles away, then you can emotionally detach from the reactions that you have. If you tell yourself that you're so close to it, then you're going to react in such a way that it's going to make you angry or depressed because you feel like you're so close to it and you're not getting there. And I, and I talk about this because it's, I'm, I'm experiencing that. This is all empathy where I don't... It's, it's it's the same thing. I don't have a clear path of where I want to go. I know a direction that I want to go, but there's no you know written in stone final destination. But my perspective on that is changing, right? 
I could be that guy who's fearful of the next day because I have no idea what to expect. I could be the guy that gets angry when I don't get my immediate results in, um, within the next six weeks. But if I can alter my perspective, then I can alter my reaction to the circumstance. And I can alter my degree of happiness all by my physical control. That I can't control how many Instagram followers I'm going to get in the next six months. But I can control how I will react when I get one. And if I get one, I'm going to be super ecstatic because that's one more person that I can potentially influence. Yeah, so, no, it, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it, it's all perspective, yeah. yeah. And, and you can, and it's so, um, you have so much more manipulation over perspective than you realize. And I have read a lot of books, a lot of books, and they all go back to how much you can control within your, within yourself, not necessarily anything outside of it. I can't control what my wife is going to say or how she's going to feel when the day I leave my job. I can't do that. But I can react to this is how I'm going to communicate with her and this is how I'm going to um, show up and be present and be the best husband I can be because that's all I know how to do. Yeah, so, yeah. I, 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 you know, I just encourage you, and I encourage myself too, is stick to the perspective and not necessarily be disappointed by trying to reach a goal that you haven't even clearly defined yourself. No, that's fair. That's a very good advice. And, and it's I need it, especially spiritually, because I can get down on myself easily. And, like, I think I'm, I can be my biggest enemy often because I'm the one who can get down on myself or question myself when others are telling me on from the external perspective, you're doing good, you're working hard. Like I'm, I'm frequently told I'm hard on myself. So like, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think my I, I think that's a good that. thing. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that's a good thing. If you are your worst enemy, that also means that you are your best friend. And all you have to do is just change the perspective. If you have that much control over how much you, and I'm going to use the word hate yourself, which you, I know you don't, but if you can control how much you hate yourself more than anybody in the world can, that also means that you have control of how much you can love yourself. And if you can love yourself, then you can change absolutely everything that happens from here on out. No, you had a fair point. And I will admit, no, there are many points in my life, especially when I'm in a rut, where I do feel like, yeah, I feel hate or like disgust or loathing or whatever negative word you want to say. Like I, yeah. I do think often about do I love myself? How do I, how do I wisely love myself without like pampering myself? Like to me, that's a topic I'm still figuring out how to love yourself wisely without like just taking it easy and not doing it. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. But what do you mean? by if you can, you can be your own best friend. How do you like, give me example. Well, I mean, I, I, I think we can all name somebody that is too confident. Or some douchebag who's just so big-headed that there, there's no way th that he's as good as he say he is, or as strong, and, or, you know, even good-looking as he thinks he is, even though he can get so many. Whatever. What I'm trying to get at is, if somebody can be pompous, they that's their choice. If you know, but at the same time, if someone is depressed, but not, I don't want to use medically depressed, but somebody who's just extremely sad, right? That's there's two sides of the two sides of the spectrum. But it's something that have they can they control. You have that same control, but you you can be more aware of it. You you can be more confident in yourself, just like you can be more down on yourself. Mm. And okay. like sometimes, sometimes you and I talk, and you're like, "Well, you know, how are you so confident?" I'm I'm not confident. What I am is I'm aware of the times that I am not confident and I am aware of the, the control that I can have to just turn the knob just a little bit more, right? I'm not confident in public speaking, but I know that if I can do something just a little bit different, I can turn the knob and, and make people think that I am confident. I can give that, that, that perception to people just by making a change in the way I talk. So yeah. I, I can be more of aware of the little things that I do that that make me feel just a little bit better. And that ultimately leads ultimately leads to a better sense of confidence. So I'm 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 changing the way I think, the perspective that I have. Just like you you I'm sure you do often, maybe you're just not aware of it. And if you think less 
large actions and more of small, tiny things that move the needle, then all those little things that you become aware of start to accumulate. And that's how you build more control on your uh, perspective and emotions. Yeah, I think, no, that's I think fair. a long-winded, yeah. a long-winded answer, but it makes sense. It, it makes sense to me because those are the things that I actually do focus on. I mean, uh, reading a book. People think it's stupid. No, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say people think it's stupid, but I read a lot, and I'm not doing it because uh, I'm book smart, right? I'm not doing it because, um, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm not doing it just to 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 check a box. I'm doing it because I have control of the. And it's kind of weird. I have control over the pages that I turn. I read a page. I read whatever words I want. And I can physically change the pages in the book. That's why I only read hard copies. And that little action that I do every minute it takes me to read a page is an accumulation of things that I am controlling. And that's I'm slowly building more and more confidence because control is... You put effort in, and you get a result, right? That's con- mm-hmm. that's that's the sense of control, and uh, subconsciously, I feel more, more. Um, I'm definitely not smarter, right? <laughs> I'm definitely not smarter, but I am stronger. I'm stronger because I'm turning these pages. Maybe not physically, but mentally, I'm turning these pages myself. So maybe try that. I mean, I I don't know. You you do read. I know you just told me that you finished the book, but instead of just reading, thinking about think about the actual p- turning of the pages and be more aware of, of your subconscious and how that affects your subconscious. Yeah, no, it's like, it's a fair point. And I, yeah, I mean, you picked up on it quickly. I think I am a person who I feel more comfortable. And I mean, it's hopefully it's not something that's going to hurt me in my marriage, but control, like the control part, I feel like when I'm not in control of a process that affects me, it, it can cause me a certain level of anxiety. So the, the control part is is something that hits home with me. So I, I that's fair advice. Well, it also goes to the why. So you can control all you want, but you got to know why you're doing it. If you if you feel like, and and I'm guilty of this. If I feel like I want to be in control, why am I doing it? Because I'm trying to make a better life for myself. No. I'm trying to make a better life for my family. So if I'm going to control something, it has to be with those intentions, not to make myself stronger. I'm not lifting weights to make myself stronger. I'm lifting weights because I want to be physically active for my kids. I want to be able to defend my wife when something wrong happens in, in the restaurant. Like those are the things that I think about when I'm actually lifting a weight. Mm. That's yeah. fair. Your yeah. motivation is in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. For so, me, I mean, yeah, good. Well, we just hit an hour. Can you believe that? I mean, these things fly. Man, yeah. We do. Um, you want to keep going? I'm fine if you're fine. Yeah, okay. no problem. Okay. I mean, I'm already awake now. So so um, let's let's kind of facilitate the conversation a little bit more. Whenever you went to your second bucket, which is the downtime, and uh, mm-hmm. I think we hit a lot on this, the downtime being let's, let's not t- focus on the – well, you know what? I, actually, we 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 kind of skipped on the first bucket. The first bucket was actually work, and you kind of yeah. define work to be you you put in effort and you get a result. Yeah. Let's just use that as the simple definition. Do you think that work can be flipping a a hamburger at McDonald's? I mean, you're putting in effort and you get a result. You're saying for me or in general? For you. Work, I don't think that would satisfy me. Like I, I flip, putting an effort in something where I feel a satisfaction in the result it produces. So flipping a burger would not give me that satisfaction. Okay, so it, it's a little. It, it obviously is more specific than that. Yeah. So let's get into those specifics. Is work, is work engineering, which is what you do for a career. Yeah. So and that's another part, honestly, where I've started to pay a lot of attention into when I have a good day of work, I try to like understand what gave me a good day. And when I have a bad day, what gave me a bad day. So I do see myself having an interest in technology an interest in how things work. So I I do see the engineering tendencies. I actually took the last month, I took several like job tests, attitude tests, 
because the same thing like you help and, and i give you credit you help me like make me want to think in terms of is this really what i want to do or not and it does come back engineering related what exactly what that part i can't say but like i think i would say engineering does fit that bill is it what i was made to do or is it where i will get the most satisfaction i can't say for sure but it does seem like there are jobs or activities within the engineering field where i can derive satisfaction and have seen myself derive satisfaction not all the time not all things i do in engineering but there are things that fit in the umbrella of engineering that yes do give me that satisfaction okay but where exactly i lay in that big big department of engineering i i can't say for sure i know yet yeah that makes sense so it's not you can't just be doing anything it has to be engineering specific and engineering is yeah. a very big umbrella but yeah like you can have a, a thousand different jobs in engineering like so where i lay in that i don't know and and whether it's the ultimate satisfaction for me i don't know but i do know that i have derived satisfaction from it where i it, it felt good it felt sufficient but i don't know if there's more that i don't know of or not yeah so like what i've been thinking about lately is the the conversations. So when you're at work and you're having these conversations about obviously engineering, there is a sense of curiosity and happiness as you're talking most of the time. Yeah. Like, yes. And like, and, and I guess, I mean, I'll, I'll share with you what I feel like I've learned. So there's a couple a few things. One basic thing that I think makes me feel good in my job, like when it happens, not always is a sense of recognition. So if I put effort into something and that thing is recognized, that makes me feel good. I, I'm not, so that to me, that's like an underlying principle regardless of what the job that I'm doing is. Another part is where I feel the job is something where I am learning something. So like, it's not like, oh, hey, here's a file, type it in Excel. If I'm given that, no, I would, I would not get satisfaction. But if it's like, try to figure out what, happened, what was wrong with it and like the troubleshooting aspect of things, that gives me satisfaction. Of course, it can also lead to frustration when you can't figure it out, but it's that re that trying to figure things out. And especially if you find it, which I feel like it's, is an engineering kind of thing. Yeah. That gives me satisfaction. And then two, or maybe last for me, like creating, like you mentioned creating and made me think of it. Like for me, programming, which I don't get to do as much of in this job, I get to do a little bit, but not much. And actually, again, I'll give you credit. You helped me like, tried to inspire me a bit where I actually convinced my boss to like, let me do that as part of my normal job, but programming, which I start with nothing and I create something that does something, I get great satisfaction out of that. So like, maybe these are not necessarily engineering things. It's troubleshooting, it's recognition, it's creation. Like those are the principles. I do enjoy them in the context of engineering, but that's not to say that's the only context I enjoy them in, but I do find those three things within engineering and those things do give me satisfaction within the context I've experienced them in engineering here. Not every day at my job, but some days. Yeah. Uh, and I was, as you were talking, I was like thinking of other career paths that would satisfy those three things. But the minute you said troubleshooting and I was like, well, I think the definition of engineering is troubleshooting. <laughs> I think it's the the, yeah. the the simple act of problem solving using your resources. I think that's engineering. And when you yeah. said troubleshooting, you you're, you fit the bill. I mean, you are on the path that you described verbally. So that's cool. That's awesome. It was. I mean, it was different for me. My original question was, do you enjoy the conversations you're having at work? And the more I reflected on my days, having all these engineering discussions bored the hell out of me, right? But as soon yeah. as we left the meeting and we kind of just gathered outside, I was talking, you know, I talked to people. And when I talk to them, I, I, I pay attention to how they're feeling and how their day is going. What's their next? Like, it's not small talk to me, even though it might be small talk to them. To me, it's like I'm, I'm actually very interested in what it is you choose yeah. to do outside this job. And yeah. um, that's how I knew something was different. And even this conversation, yeah. this conversation has been more valuable to me in the past hour and 15 minutes than the last 
40 hours I just put in my job because of of what I get to control. I get to control this conversation. I get to get out of it much more of the soft skills and the emotions, the mentally thought-provoking discussions. Those don't those don't really happen in in my field or at least in my company right now. It's more of x is equal to y and like it's very structured and there's no even though you are creating drawings you're not necessarily doing anything that is outside of the box it's it's something that's already been done on a previous project so that it's very standard you know no i feel you there and i can i've been there where like yeah i was in a role where it was you know checked up like it was engineering, but it was exactly like you said. It's it's a copy and paste. Like it was it was mundane. You know, I'm checking a cable drawing. I didn't enjoy that. Like even though I was engineering, I didn't enjoy that. So like I, yeah, like to me that's not troubleshooting. That's that's that side of engineering is not troubleshooting. So that's where and I have days like that. And also I have times in my job where I see the politics or like I I I can see in my mind at least, a clear path from A to B, but because of the processes and everything else, you have to go a very roundabout way to get from A to B. And like, so like, those are the things that make me question and, and made me question, is it engineering or is it this company or is it the way the world works with big companies in engineering? Like, there are factors that I think can be changed that I would enjoy, but I haven't figured out first if those are realistic to change that part of how companies run and if they are changeable then where where is a is a better fit where those wouldn't be there but i can relate to what you're saying and that that has and i was there and that also i that bored me as well i felt like i'm not learning anything i'm just doing the checks that same checks on different drawings kind of thing Mm -hmm. so so I feel you there. Like, don't feel alone in that. That's that's understandable. Yeah. Okay. So that's the work bucket. So you hit the work bucket and you hit the self improvement, self awareness bucket. That's fifty percent. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna stop there. Um, okay. And hopefully it will actually want you, or it would make you want more of the conversation if I stop there. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather end on a on a man let's do this again real soon kind of note then then trying to stretch it out as long as you can yeah Um, but let's reflect on let's reflect on um what 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 would you take out of this conversation today well i think you i mean i i I sincerely appreciate it i think it was good for me to reflect and just think out loud um i i will recall your your comment on like thinking, putting things in perspective. And, and that's definitely something that I always need a reminder of to keep my perspective positive and think of the big picture. And actually, it's funny, I, I read a little bit of the Bible today and, and, and the verse said, like, for, for we say, what is it? For we see by faith, not by sight. So, like, not necessarily seeing what everybody else is seeing, not letting that be my reality, but seeing the big picture, the long-term goal, the, the faithful picture. So that's a good reminder for me that I'll try to remember as well. And then two, I'm still like, I, I, I mean, I've been doing it, but maybe I can I can definitely do it more. And you've helped me think of it more. Like I will reflect on work again. Like I'm still trying to really, really pinpoint what I like, what I don't like, to help me understand where my passion actually lies, and even if it's engineering, where engineering lies. So those are probably two things I'll take with me. Yeah, and as you as you were talking, I was reflecting on the conversation. There was one point that I wanted to bring across was um, there is a difference between a lack of motivation and a lack of discipline. And both of those affect you negatively, right? But as you were describing what makes you upset, it makes you upset that you're not consistent with working out daily or you're not... Um, consistent in your decision making towards spirituality it seems to me like the issue is not lack of motivation I think the the issue that upsets you is the lack of discipline right if you are let's say you are 
and I and I heard this in a, a recent podcast is if you were disciplined to the best of your ability, then regardless yep. of motivation, you will continue to do the actions that you put in place. So waking up, brushing your teeth, that's something that you do every day. That's discipline. There's no motivation behind brushing your teeth. I mean, you just do it at a muscle memory. You're probably half asleep when you're still brushing. That's that's discipline because you know you're supposed to do it. Lack of motivation is the why. Like, I'm brushing my teeth because I need to have fresh breath so that when I talk to my manager, I won't you know, stink him to, to death. If If you were trying to find the root of what makes your rut, I think that seems to be more the direction I would focus on is be less upset about the lack of motivation and try to be less upset about the lack of discipline. Although that's the, the issue that you're trying to fix. So that, that would be my reflection on the first part of the conversation. And the second com- part of the conversation is, and this is a good thing, is I've known you for the past oh, close to close to 20 years and religion has always been in the discussion. And I bring that up because I've had four of these recorded conversations and you're the only person that has brought religion into the conversation. So it's it's evident that it is truly important to you and that the life decisions that you make revolve around spirituality. And it's awesome to see that it's consistent uh, for the past you know, 20, 20 plus years. So that, that was the, the two things that I was thinking about as, as we were kind of closing up. Well, I appreciate it. And I yeah. feel like I've been reflecting on me. I have reflections on you, but I don't know if you want me to share them or not. But. Well, I do want to have, I guess, a, a feedback session on what it sure. is that, that we're doing, that I'm doing. I'm sorry. Um, like, what are your thoughts on, let's kind of think back. You told me your thoughts about taking the leap. What are your thoughts on this, on recording these conversations? What are your thoughts on me being the the interviewer and the the podcaster or facilitator of the conversation? Let's let's talk about feedback in that sense. Honestly, I mean, as you as you saw, time flew by. I, I as you were talking, I was actually reflecting or like maybe thinking if this was a podcast, would I listen to it? And if I mean, I'm in it, but like I'm thinking of you. Yeah, I, I honestly see, I can see benefit from average Joe listening because we all go through these things. We all can relate. So I think you're, you did a pretty good job. Uh, like you kept me engaged. You're a good interviewer. I don't think you like the only example of maybe something that can be different is but again it's one example so i don't it's not like it's something but when for example we're talking about moving along maybe like i'm thinking of a psychiatrist because i i kind of i have a a actually a girl that i was talking to and we're both very similar in an analysis and like i noticed a tendency with me and with her but like not leading her on or not putting words in her mouth in terms of like what I think she's trying to say versus what she's really saying. And the only example is like the, when we were, you're talking about like going up a hike and I, I think like maybe you, you didn't at that point, you didn't hear me well. And then, or like you didn't get the point I was making, but then you got it after when, when you heard me explain about still going the right direction. So again, I'm not, not saying anything faulty, but I'm saying maybe one thing to take away because I noticed it in myself when talking to her, like try to take a psychiatrist viewpoint where you don't lead the patient on, you let them reach where they're going to reach versus you like, like don't lead the patient kind of thing. Like sometimes when you present a thought to someone, then they clutch on it just because they, they're struggling defining their own thought. Um, but that's, again, that's if you want to take that approach, that's, that's just a psychiatrist approach, I think. Yeah. Why? Well, I, um, I definitely don't want to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, what what I am trying to do is, no, I, I'm just saying like if you really, want... yeah, go for it. No, no, that makes sense. Um, I I do I, I definitely don't want to assume things. So you're right about that. I I'm not trying to, um, no, put words like, in people's don't... mouths. Yeah. 
think of the grain of salt because I know you like the reason I'm if it was any other person I wouldn't say anything because like but I know you I know like you intentionally seek out ways to improve even very tiny minute things so like this was tiny minute example but I purposely wanted to give you something for improvement because I know you, you always seek that had it been anyone else I wouldn't have given anything because it's not worth it um but no man like I I honestly admire your courage. Like your boss put it perfectly. Like you've got big balls. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to. Like you know me. I'm very low risk person. So like I'm, I'm not. Yeah. But I. I mean, I think you're in a good position. I think you're respected. So I. I do advise you to have an insurance plan. But it sounds like you do have that insurance plan of you have good contacts and you know nothing's guaranteed, but you have good contacts. But I also admire you pursuing your dream. You know, 20 years from now, like. 10 years from now and you're doing what you're doing and you're happy, you're satisfied and you know, this is all worth it. So I think you're going to get there because you're, you're very persistent, which is admirable. Like I, and, and, and just let you know for encouragement as well. Like I honestly think of you like often, like when I'm running and I want to give up and I think like, I remember you and like, just like your advice of just a little bit more. And I used it like maybe just one more mile or just even half a mile. And it, it's worked. It got me to more than when I was going to give up two miles and I did six miles on Friday. So, like, you're leaving an impact. So you're, you are a person that can be a person of influence and a motivator to others. So I, I can see that in you. So don't give up on your dream, but also have insurance plans as you figure out your dream. Yeah, no, that means a lot. It, I wouldn't say it validates my actions, but it definitely... Uh, encouraged me to, encourages me to keep doing it um and it, it's funny because the other i think on friday someone asked me point blank well, i don't know what we were talking about but they asked me point blank you know what's the best story that you that you've ever told roger and i was like man that's the first time anyone's ever asked me that question but my immediate thought and i didn't say it out loud but my immediate thought was this this is the this is the best story that i'm that i'm ever going to tell where yeah yeah like i'm gonna the, that time that time in my life where i was making money and i was safe and i had a family and i had one on the way and i threw it all in the trash can just so that i could be happy i think that's a story that that i would be proud of and i don't know how the story ends or or what the next chapter is gonna be but the thought of that the thought of being able to start the story like that it gives me a lot of excitement and it gives me a lot of um, pride more so than, than telling my kids that I was a, a plan producer, you know, like <laughs> engineering. So Yeah, anyway. dude, no, this is definitely take notes because you are, this is book material. So definitely take notes of your life now because you're right. This is a, an amazing story to tell years from now. You're taking risks that I don't know who else would take. Like I'm a single guy and I'm scared to take the risks that you're taking with a family. Like you're, you're definitely brave. Yeah. So, um, let's end on that note. This concludes the conversation that I had with Antonius. We talked a lot about his buckets and even though we didn't get to finish, I still, I still learned a lot from him because he has given me this perspective of work and it's not necessarily to get a paycheck like the way I was raised. But it was more so of being able to accomplish something, putting in effort with your own hands and coming out with something or providing benefit to everyone else around you. That is what work is. And even though he's not completely passionate about what he's doing right now, he still has this vision down the line of what perfect work looks like. And today, he's able to identify what those little things are that will lead him into that future position. Then I learned a lot about how he sees self-improvement. And for him, in this perfect day, it was, it was going out for a hike and being out there for three hours and really taking a, a general reflection on who am I? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? This way? And, and sometimes your, your day is not going to go as perfect as you want. But you need these long periods of time to figure out why that didn't happen the way you want it to. Why aren't you feeling the way you think you should be feeling? So I, I learned so much from him. And then there was that focus on consistency more than results. You know, everybody has this, this goal of losing weight or 
running a faster mile or something like that. But in his mind, you know, and, and it makes sense. In his mind, it's more about consistency. What can you do consistently? Because what you do consistently will lead to the results and the goals that you have down the line. Then there was one more thing that really touched base, and, and I knew it would come from him, was definitely that sense of faith. He, he immediately references this, this, this verse in the Bible that says, We see by faith and not by sight. And of all people, to, to bring back faith into the conversation, I knew he would be the one, and I appreciate that so much. So th- thank him. I thank him, and I thank anybody else for listening. I just want to remind you that you, you should never take any conversation for granted. You can learn so much from the people you interact with if you just take the time to recap the conversations and the thoughts that you two shared. I've done it here, and I'll do it again in a heartbeat with everyone I come across. So thank you for listening to this conversation and, and these buckets, and I hope that you listen in to the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.